So here we are in Gordon's Bay, July 2017, and we're going to be talking about flax oil, how you can benefit from taking it. I'll be touching on that, but I really want to talk about tonight is there's been there's quite a bit of like prickliness, and there was it was quite controversial some time ago, and but you, it's interesting to talk to people. They're either pro fish oil or pro flax oil, or they're completely naive and don't know what the problem is. And if they're pro fish oil, they completely close their eyes towards any science. They just believe what somebody said on the internet. They're not interested in any science, mm. which is quite frightening to me. Mm. So tonight I want to discuss flax oil versus fish oil. But before we go there, we need to talk about the benefits of flax oil. So I'm going to go through all of omega-3s. And the reason we take the reason people take fish oil or flax oil is because they're looking for omega-3s. And omega-3s are essential fatty acids together with omega-6s. Omega-3s are needed by the body as they are naturally anti-inflammatory. They are natural, they, they, or they help your body to make natural anti-inflammatory. So they have a very positive anti-inflammatory effect on the body. They help your body to make natural antihistamines, so they help with allergies. So allergies can be from a lack of essential fatty acids, particularly omega-3. Or too much omega-6 could cause the allergies as well. Omega-6 is easy to get a hold of. It's in avocados, it's in nuts and seeds, it's in extra virgin olive oil. It's highly processed in many things like salad dressings. And that's why a lot of people can suffer from an overdose of omega-6s, not because they're eating too many avocados, but they're eating fried foods and they just things have got oil in the dressings and they don't read the labels, and those are highly heated and processed oils. You don't want to touch them because they're carcinogenic. But we need omega-3s and 6s in a balanced form. Now, some people believe that you need one omega-3 to every three omega-6s. Some people say it's one to six. Some people say it's one to two. At the end of the day, I believe that your body tells you. If you're having natural fats in your diets like avocados, nuts, and seeds, and you're still craving fatty foods, and you're looking for cheese, or you're wanting to eat fried food, that's usually a clear indication that you're lacking omega-3s in your diet. Now, what do omega-3s do? As I said, they are anti-inflammatory. They are anti. They are form help your body to form antihistamines in the body. So they're anti-allergy. They help your body to to get rid. People can be allergic to strawberries or cashew nuts or um, <coughs> lychees or something completely natural, or have allergies to dog hair or cat hair, and we give them flax oil, and the allergies disappear mm-hmm. because a lack of omega-3s makes your body not produce enough natural anti inflammatories and then natural antihistamines. Uh, we know that omega-3s also help to thin the blood so that you don't get blood clots. Whatever omega-3s do, omega-6s tend to do the opposite of it. Okay, So, for example, inflammation is part of the healing process, so we need omega-6s to cause inflammation in the body. When you cut your finger, it gets swollen up because that's blood rushing there. It's also a way of creating this sort of painful environment so that you look after the finger so that the cut can heal. So it's your body's way of protecting you, but inflammation should not carry on forever. It should just last for a while. And then, um, so omega-3s are anti-inflammatory. Omega-6s promote inflammation. Omega-3s are former natural antihistamines. Uh, Omega-6s can raise your histamine level. And you ra- raising your histamine level is important when your body is exposed to certain 
chemicals and your body's got to respond in a certain way. So it's just, you need it. Like, for example, you sometimes need your blood to clot. Otherwise, you'd bleed to death. Whereas what, that's what omega-6s do. But omega-3s, on the other hand, help to thin the blood. Okay? Here's the interesting thing. We know that if your body's getting natural fats from plants, omega-3s and 6s, even if you're getting too much omega-3, your blood won't just become thin and you'll bleed to death. That won't happen. Because your body only converts omega-3s to the, to the different um, derivatives. Think of it as um, omega-3, alpha-linolenic acid, and omega-6s are the parents. And they have children, and those children have children, and those children have children. So you've got these derivatives that happen. So if we had to look at the process here, and I'm reading directly from Udo and Erasmus's book on fats that heal and fats that kill. Udo Erasmus isn't a Canadian with a name like Erasmus, surname like Erasmus. You'd think he'd be South African, but he's not. He is um, a highly qualified um, scientist. Um, and he has studied extensively, and his field of speciality is fats. He's not anybody who is, he's not some health guru. He's actually a scientist, and he's recognized as such. So he explains the pathways. Alpha-linolenic acid, which is what you get from flax oil, converts to stereodonic acid, or SDA. And that converts to icosatetraenoic acid, or ETA, which we never hear of these, but we do hear about icosapentaenoic acid, EPA. Everybody hears EPA. And that converts to clupidonic acid, which converts to docosahexaenoic acid, or DHA. Okay, so you've got e EPA, you've got alpha-linolenic acid, and then you've got the child, which is stereodonic acid, and then you've got the grandchild, which is icosatetraenoic acid, and then you've got the great-grandchild, which is EPA, and then you've got the great-great-grandchild, which is clupidonic acid, and the great-great-great-grandchild, which is DHA. So uh, people are only ever talk to us about EPA and DHA. They forget about all these other things. Now, here's the interesting thing with the human body. It never makes something if it doesn't need it. Why would the body make stereodonic acid and icosatetraenoic acid and clupidonic acid if it didn't need it? Okay. Now, what we go and get when we get fish oil, we're only getting EPA and DHA, which is what the fish made. The fish got omega-3 from something in the sea, whether it's from plants or whatever, and then it, whatever its food sources would get omega-3s from there, and then it converted it into EPA and DHA, which is what we're getting when we take fish oil. Now, if you don't need EPA and you don't need DHA on that day because you're taking fish oil, your body could thin the blood and you could actually start bleeding, which is what happens when people are on fish oil. It's a common problem to see little blood blisters all over their skin. So one woman who was pregnant lifted up her tummy and it was just full of these blood blisters. And my first, first reaction was, are you taking fish oil? She said, how do you know? I said, because your blood's too thin. It's just leaking out of your blood vessels. She was like, oh, my word. I said, it's very dangerous. Should you go into labor, you, labor, you could bleed to death because your blood is too thin. But if you were taking omega-3s from flax oil, <clears throat> your body only makes those derivatives as and when it needs it. So if it doesn't need to thin your blood, it will not thin your blood. So you can't overdose on natural fats. You can take too much fat into your diet, which is a high energy value, and then your body's going to store it as fat, which means you're going to put on weight. So it's not a good idea to just eat fats all day long. But in the beginning, when you find you're changing your diet, I remember when I started eating differently and eating natural fats, I could not stop eating macadamia nuts for probably six months, handfuls of them, day after day after day, and I actually lost weight. 
Because when you're lacking fats, your metabolism can actually slow down and your your body stores fats more efficiently. It's, it's out of balance. Your whole hormonal system's out of balance. So you actually want to make sure that your body is getting the right fats from the right source. And there's only one right source, and that's from plants. You only get the original omega-3s in its original parent form in plants. You don't find it in fish. You don't find it in eggs, high omega-3 eggs. You don't find it in um, <coughs> steak or anything else. It's not It's not found. All you're finding is family members. You're going to find the great-great-grandchild and the great-great-great-grandchild. That's what you're going to find. But remember, your body's going through this particular process, the five-step process, that, that is in a certain sequence for a reason. The human body doesn't make stuff it doesn't need. So why are we trying to bypass that thing by giving ourselves fish oil? Because the industry has led us to believe that fish oil is superior to flax oil. And they've done this in a couple of ways. It's a huge industry, okay? It's a huge, huge industry. I'm just going to go back a little bit to take a look at a little bit more of what omega-3s and omega-6s do. Besides anti-inflammatory um, and um, causing producing natural antihistamines, it also helps to lower blood pressure if it's too high, omega-3s. So if you're lacking omega-3s and you're not eating and you, you're not getting enough in your diet, you could find that your blood pressure is really high. Now, what we do is we go and treat, take high blood pressure with um, medication. Side effects of that can cause liver problems and kidney problems and all kinds of problems, including erectile dysfunction, which is the reason Mark never took it, because he said, I'd rather die than take that medication and suffer from that condition. So at the end of the day, your omega-3s and omega-6s are needed by the body specifically so that your endocrine system can work properly, which is your hormonal system. And your hormonal system controls your immune function. So lacking omega-3s can cause immune problems. It, if you're not producing enough natural antihistamines, or not, uh, you could have allergies and hay fever and prone to coughs and colds and things. If you're not producing enough natural anti-inflammatories, you're going to have gout, arthritis, fibromyalgia, any painful condition, osteoarthritis, for example. If you're not getting enough omega-3s, you could find your muscle tone is very poor. You could be too carrying too much weight or be actually be underweight because you don't have enough omega-3s in your diet. So it depends on your genetic makeup. In my family, when we don't have enough omega-3s, our blood pressure is too low, but in Mark's it's too high. In our family, if we don't have enough omega-3s, our blood sugar is too low, but in his family, there's a lot of diabetes. So everybody responds to it depending on their genetic makeup in the same area but in a slightly different way. So you'll find somebody might have a weight problem. Once let's say there are three kids in a family and they're not getting enough fats. One child may be overweight. Another child may be sickly because their immune system's not working properly. Another child may have problems with their brain and central nervous system, be suffering from depression, attention deficit disorder, hyperactivity. Those are all conditions related to the fact that we're not getting enough omega-3s. You can name one disease for me. Let's name the top diseases, heart disease. Heart is controlled by the endocrine system, and the endocrine system has to have fats in the diet. They're called essential fatty acids because we can't make omega-3s and 6s. We can make omega-9s as long as we're getting omega-3s and 6s. And people always put omega-9s and omega-9s on the label, like you're getting something extra for free. But as long as there's omega-3s and 6s in a food, your body will all make all the other omega omegas, including omega-9s. They're many. Not only three essential fatty acids, there are many, but they, not, there's not only three fatty acids, there are many fatty acids, but only two of them are essential. Now, 
They, they used to believe that arachidonic acid was an essential fatty acid. Arachidonic acid is a family member of omega-6s. And then they found out we make it ourselves. So it was one of the arguments for many years that you have to eat animal products because it's the only place you can get arachidonic acid, which practically it is. But you can get omega-6s from anything that's got fats in it, that grows on a tree, avocados, nuts, seeds. Your body makes arachidonic acid mm. when it needs it. And it needs it to form blood clots, otherwise you bleed to death, increase your blood pressure when it's too low, and increase or decrease the amount of um, antihistamines you're making because your body may be too sensitive and overreacting to everything. So it's this incredible, beautiful balance. that go it's, it's like an amazing thing that God just designed this body to just balance itself so beautifully. And the way your body tells you that it needs something is you crave something. The only problem is we've never been taught what we're craving. So when we're craving fried greasy foods and a hamburger and a big chunk of cheese, <clears throat> nobody's told you you're lacking essential fatty acids. So we just go and eat those things because we'll actually kill somebody if we don't get them. So that's your most powerful tool is knowledge and then listening to your body. When we don't have the knowledge, we end up getting, getting confused. And this is what the industry does, okay? If you take flax seeds and you want to squeeze the oil, they contain more omega-3s than any other food. And that's why we promote flax oil. Because why am I going to go and take something with low levels of omega-3s when I'm needing, desperately need omega-3s? Why would I rather not take a teaspoon or a tablespoon of, of flax oil, get everything I need, otherwise I've got to go and drink a cup full of something else just to get enough omega-3s. And in the process, I'm probably taking in too much omega-6. Omega-3s and omega-6s are together in different things. And that's why as you get better at this listening to your body, you'll find that some days you need two avocados. Other days you want to eat honey halva like we've just eaten now, made with tahini. Other days we want to eat um, handfuls of nuts and seeds. And then other days we look at it and be like, wow, I feel nauseous. The thought of eating any fat. So that's the way you listen to your body. <clears throat> I, know, I love having my smoothie in the morning. And... This morning, my body said no smoothie. So I had figs for breakfast, tried figs for breakfast. And then later on, I felt like my fruit salad that I normally have with my smoothie, but I didn't want the smoothie on it. So I just had it with, I had some frozen cherries that it thawed, and I had it with the cherry juice and honey and cinnamon, and I was so happy with that. So there's just some days your body says no nuts today, no avocados. If you don't listen to it, that's when your body won't digest food very well. Don't, if you just go and eat the avocado because it looks nice, you want the taste in your mouth. That's the day your digestive tract can just feel heavy and it's not digesting food properly, okay? So, what's happened with this whole fish oil thing? You've got these people on the internet that are doctor, whoever they are, saying fish oil, fish oil, fish oil, and then somebody else is saying, no, flax oil, flax oil, flax oil. And never once have I had any science from any of the people that are promoting fish oil. I haven't come across any of them actually offering solid science. But the people that are that are promoting flax oil, many of them are, they're always selling the fish oil, whoever's promoting fish oil is always selling it. The people that promote flax oil are only sometimes selling it because they're actually scientists and they've done the studies and they've looked at the work and they're just being honest. There is a lot of money in fish oil because what you do is you take the animal flesh, the, the, the filleted part of the fish, and you sell that. What's left is the skin and the eyes and the, the inner parts of the, the liver and the lungs and the innards of the fish. You take that, all of that, plus the bones, and they crush that. And then they add chemical solvents. And I'll actually read this to you to tell you exactly what they do. 
Extraction of oil from fish is a complex process. First the fish and all its vital organs is minced. This minced fish is pumped into a heat exchanger, so it's being heated, where the fish oil is released by use of a chemical solvent. So there's heat and chemical solvents here. And then a fish oil company will tell me, somebody who's selling it will say, I'll say, my first question when somebody tries to get me into the fish oil thing, the first question you ask them is, can you please tell me how the oil is extracted from the fish? And then they'll just turn around automatically and say it's cold pressed. Mm. Then you've got to actually look them in the eyes and say, could you explain to me how you cold press a fish? Because <laughs> seriously, how do you press a fish? When you squeeze the fish, you're just going to get, blood and water and innards and all kinds of things are going to come out of it. You're not going to get oil. If I take a flax seed or I take almonds or olives and I squeeze them in a giant press, I get oil coming out of it. That's what comes out. But if I squeeze a fish, I ain't going to get oil. You've got to go through this heating process and this chemical process, okay? It's difficult to find very detailed information from any of the companies that market or extract the fish. They won't tell me specifically. But one fish oil extraction company explained it in this way. The fish goes through a process of centrifugation. Then at low temperatures, solvents, chemical extraction takes place. And then supercritical fluid extraction takes place. And finally, wet steam rendering. Steam is at boiling point. So there is this whole lot of stuff that goes by. So they'll somewhere along the line, they'll leave out the wet steam rendering and they'll say... Uh, a solvent is a solvent is used to extract, and that solvent is usually benzene-based. It's a very highly toxic, carcinogenic um, chemical. Now, here's the thing. Udo Rasmussen, in his book here, Fats That Heal and Fats That Kill, says within two hours of a fish being caught, within two hours of the fish being caught, the oil, the oils in the fish go rancid. So fish should be caught and eaten fresh. You shouldn't even, unless it's caught and frozen, which is what you have with these big fish companies, and then you go off to the supermarket, you buy fresh fish. But you've got to be careful when somebody's caught a fish right out at sea and taken six hours to get back here, and now they're selling the fish at the side of the road or in the harbor. You have no idea how old that dead fish is. So the oils, if it's older than two hours, it's rancid. And rancid oils are carcinogenic. They promote cancer. Fish oil also comes from an animal. <clears throat> and would you know that fish actually have a liver? Would you know that? That there's, each fish has a liver. They have a heart, they have lungs, and they have a liver. And did you know that livers in all animals make cholesterol? And we make cholesterol in animals and in humans because we need it for our brain, our central nervous system. And us humans make cholesterol as long as we make it and we utilize it efficiently, as long as we've got omega-3s from a plant source to transport it from the bloodstream where it's dumped to the cells where we need it. So now, <clears throat> you're having fish oil and you squeezed it and all the oil comes out of this fish and every single cell in that fish's body contains cholesterol. So now when you take fish oil, you're getting rancid oils you're getting heated oils, you're getting chemical treated oils, plus you're getting an oil that's very high in cholesterol. And they'll sell you fish oil to lower your cholesterol levels. It's bizarre. There's no way you can get that cholesterol out. That's how it's, it's in the actual cell of the fish. It's come out, and when they distill it out, you're getting the cholesterol in the fish. So it's a bizarre thing. 
I have never seen anybody actually improve health-wise. I've seen some children who attention deficit disorder improve their behavior on fish oils. And the reason they improve is their diets are so deficient in oils that they're quite happy to get a little bit of EPA and DHA, even though it's the great-great-grandchild and the great-great-great-grandchild of omega-3. A little bit's better than nothing, but it's not the ideal way to get it in because you're getting something that's carcinogenic, and they will find that children improve a lot better. Now, there are arguments as to how we need and what do we need and how much we need. Somewhere around one to three tablespoons of flax oil a day is enough for the average person. I found for me my best oil to take is Amiga, which is from AIM, because it's a perfect blend of Omega-3s and 6s with olive oil, sesame, sunflower, and then the flax oil. The flax oil is the majority of that oil. The other oils stabilize it so it doesn't go rancid. Omega-3 oils go rancid very quickly. And so what they do is they put the sesame oil in particularly very quickly once it's pressed, all from an organic source, so it stabilizes and stops the oxygen affecting it because omega-3s is a very unstable oil it's got a lot of open bonds and anything that's got a lot of open bonds means anything can react with it it's, a, it's what we call a super unsaturated fat and because it's super unsaturated it actually picks cholesterol up very quickly in the bloodstream and takes it to the cells so you want to lower cholesterol levels and improve your body with the way your body's working and by the way cholesterol as i said is needed to make hormones it's needed for the brain to work properly the immune system the hormonal system it's needed for everything to work properly so omega-3s will pick it up because it's got all these open bonds. Think of it like a bus. If the bus had lots of empty seats, it could pick up lots of passengers. That's what omega uh, flax oil is. It's got lots of empty seats, so it can pick up lots of cholesterol and take it to the cells where we need it. But if the bus is full, like a saturated fat, it's got no open bonds, and that means that no cholesterol molecules can get picked up and transported anywhere in the body. So saturated fats from, let's say, coconut oil, for example, won't cause cholesterol problems, but they won't help to lower it because they can't pick up any cholesterol and transport it to the cells. Now, saturated fats are needed in small quantities for certain other reactions in the body, but they don't help with cholesterol at all. And that's what's led people to say things like, you can't eat nuts and you can't eat avocados and you can't eat um, natural fats in coconut because... They saturated fats and saturated fats cause high cholesterol. Saturated fats from plants don't cause high cholesterol because they don't have any in them. They just don't have the capacity to lower your cholesterol because they can't pick it up because it's a full bus. There's no seats in that bus. So we want um, olive oil is what you could call a monounsaturated fat, which means it's basically got one seat available, which is great. You can pick up one molecule. You'll get a... Um, uh, a part, you get a mono, you get saturated fats, then you get monounsaturated fats, one seat's available, then you get polyunsaturated fats, which is two or more seats are available, or bonds, to pick up the cholesterol. So the more unsaturated the fat, the quicker the cholesterol comes down. I've seen people take flax oil, and the cholesterol levels come from like nine right down to five in the space of six weeks. No medication whatsoever. And they, the people, and no change of diet. The one guy was a food critic. He said, I can't change my diet. I said, take Barley Life and take Amiga and, and take it for six weeks and go and test your blood. And his cholesterol levels went from over nine down to about just, I think it was just, just under, under six. And that was in six weeks. No change. He was drinking wine, eating red meat every single day and just taking flax oil could do that. Okay.
So let me tell you some of the ugly rumors that have done the rounds because you might come across this in trying to help yourself and help other people. Mm. Pamela will say, we all know it's really bad, you know, flax oil's really bad. Don't you know it causes prostate cancer, which is men have a prostate gland and it can cause, they say that it can cause this. So there's this, all these rumors that go around and I'll tell you that flax oil can raise your cholesterol. My first question when you talk here, people like that, is who told you that? And if they say you're a doctor, you say, oh, really? Is, is he a doctor in nutrition? No, no, he's a medical doctor. Well, I'll tell you now that doctors don't study nutrition. They don't. And it's not part of their study. So unless they've gone and studied it specifically, and a doctor that's gone and studied nutrition specifically from an independent background as opposed to one that promotes supplements, they will find out that you need flax, you need omega-3s from a plant source, not from an animal source, okay? So... Here's the interesting thing. Some years back, there was a, a woman here in South Africa who was telling everybody she, they mustn't touch flax oil because it will cause prostate cancer. And there was this huge scare going around. And people were like really running scared with this. It was quite interesting. So I phoned this woman up and I said, hi, it's Mary Ann Shearer. I knew her personally, but not as a, just as an acquaintance. And in fact, she had done our nutrition course. And so I was entitled to phone her up and say, and I'm not, not quite clear, you know, you did our nutrition course, you got the certificate. I'm just trying to find out from you where the information is about it causing prostate, prostate problems. So she said to me, it's um, in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, and it's um, July 2004. So I said, do you have the research with you? She said, no, I don't have it available. Or she said... I have, but I'm, I'm just I'm too busy to give it to you. There's some kind of excuse, okay? So in those days, it wasn't as easy as it is today. Today is a lot easier to get research off the internet. It's now quite some years later. You had to pay for a lot of stuff. So I went to the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, and I typed in July 2004, flax oil causing prostate. Not flax oil, omega-3s causing prostate. And up came this article, which says... Just gave me the introduction, and the little introduction, which is called the abstract, okay? The abstract says, laboratory studies have shown that N3, which is, N3 is abbreviation for omega-3s, omega-3 fatty acids inhibit, and omega-6 fatty acids stimulate prostate tumor growth, but whether the dietary intakes of these fatty acids affect prostate cancer is risk in humans remains unclear. And then it says, it waffles on a bit. So this is just the abstract, which is the introduction. Um, it says a whole lot of things. It's talking about EPA and DHA. It's not telling us anything as to where the source of the EPA and DHA is coming from. ALA, which is alpha-linolenic acid, which is omega-3s from plants, was unrelated to the risk of total prostate cancer. In the contrast, the multivariate relative risks, it's using scientific speech and I'm not going to read this all to you, but here's the interesting thing. The conclusion at the end says increased dietary intakes of ALA, which is omega-3s, may, may, not will, not can, not does, may increase the risk of advanced prostate cancer. In contrast, EPA and DHA intakes may reduce the risk of total and advanced prostate cancer. So I thought, well, that's not enough information to make a statement of. I have to buy this article. So I paid my $8 and I downloaded the article. 
And I'm going to, you can you can go and get hold of it yourself, but I keep this in my book on fats that heal and fats that kill because the science is all here. talks about why we need essential fatty acids, where the best source was. But here's the interesting thing. In assessing the diet, it says the dietary questionnaire inquired specifically about the kind of fat used for frying, sautéing, and baking, which was vegetable oil, solid vegetable oil, shortening, butter, margarine, lard, or none. There's no question here as to, were you cooking in flax oil? Were you cooking in coconut oil? There's nothing. It's just normal cooking processes, okay? We also inquired about the use of fish oil supplements starting in 1988, yes or no. Our assessment of fish oil supplement use was expanded starting in 1990. So it tells you all the things. This research just goes on about how many people were involved in the study. Um, here they're looking at it's a health professional's follow-up study was initiated in 1986 when 51,529 U.S. male health professionals aged 40 to 65 responded to a mailed questionnaire. That's an age where your prostate would start playing up. It's not usually playing up in younger men. So they, they, they are looking at the study and data analysis. They looked at they're getting saturated fats in these people. In these people's diets, their fats are coming from um, – Trans fats, protein, the basic model included energy intake. Where are they all getting their energy from? Are they getting it from alcohol? Um, history of prostate cancer, all of this kind of things, okay? Results. In general, men with higher intakes of alpha-linolenic acid from meat and dairy sources smoked more. Okay. So now they're saying alpha-linolenic acid from dairy and meat sources, which is a weird thing to say because alpha-linolenic acid you only find in plants. So really I'm questioning this research and saying what are they talking about here because very often a researcher will be so focused on their research, they're not actually looking at, at it in a, in a truly scientific – they're looking at it from a, a statistical point of view and they're almost not looking at it from a scientific point of view. Okay, but it's talking about fat from dairy and meat sources. They smoked less, more, but were less likely to undergo prostate-specific antigen tests. In other words, they were negligent of their, of their, their health. Smokers and red meat eaters don't want to pay. They don't pay attention to their health, so they're not going for checkups. Um, they were less likely to be physically active, and they were less likely to consume lycopene, which is from red vegetables, like tomatoes specifically and less likely to eat fish than did men with low intakes of alpha-linolenic acid from meat and dairy sources. In contrast, men with greater intakes of alpha-linolenic acid from non-animal sources and greater intakes of EPA and DHA smoked less. So in other words, people that ate less meat smoked less. They're more likely to go and have a test and see their doctor. They were physically active. They consumed more lycopene, which is a... Um, carotenoid from red veggies, as I said, and they were more likely to eat fish and supplement with vitamin E than did men with lower. So there were so many variables involved with this, okay? So I'm reading this article and I'm going through here. Intake of LA was positively associated with organ-confined prostate scan. But then they go and define where they're actually looking at. They're saying the, the omega-3s from meat and dairy sources appear to increase more strongly among men with low intakes of LA uh, omega-3s from non-animal sources. 
Um, where are they going? Heated. They don't say whether it's heated fats. Those are, you know, eating animal fats are heated. Dairy products are heated. They, they are. Um, I'm going through this because I'm, I'm trying to prove to you that I've done my homework, and I want people listening to this podcast to know I've done my homework. Okay, and you can read the whole thing. Okay. They examined the major food sources of this fatty acid in our study. These foods provide 41% of omega-3 intakes on the baseline, okay? So what were these foods? They were beef, pork, lamb, and it was related to increased risk of advanced prostate cancer compared with the intake. I'm looking like, where? I'm looking the whole time. Where are they looking for? Where are they looking for all of this stuff, Okay. I'm just having a look here. In here somewhere. Although suggestive positive relations were observed for intakes of beef, pork, lamb as a main dish, and for mayonnaise and other creamy salad dressings. Those were the only plant sources, and they're not actually plant sources because mayonnaise is very often creamy, have got egg in them, okay? Right? And they've got heated and processed fats. They don't have cold-pressed oils in them. So I'm like, okay, so we, we're talking about some vegetable fats, but in mayonnaises and creamy salad dressing. All right. Then they did the study. High intakes of EPA and DHA was associated or suggest, suggestively associated with decreased risk of total advanced prostate cancer. But it says our results for fish oil supplements use were weaker than the, those for EPA and DHA from diet and supplements combined, which suggests that fish may contain additional protective agents not contained in fish oil supplements, such as vitamin D and retinol. So they're actually saying the fish is better for you than the oil. That's basically the summaries was saying. Okay. Um, I mean, we could go on and on and on and on. I'm just trying to read the highlighted sections in here. Um, uh, one possibility is that Omega-3 ALA is less effective than EPA and DHA in displacing arachidonic from cell membrane phospholipids. In other words, arachidonic acid, which is inflammatory and which um, can, is more likely to cause problems, but arachidonic acid is found in all these heated and processed fats. So it's coming in from the salad dressings. It's coming in even in the fish and the fish oil supplements, the beef, the pork, and the lamb. And there's not enough EPA and DHA and omega-3s, all five of those derivatives, to actually counteract the effect of the arachidonic acid. So, in summary, our results suggest that our high alpha-linolenic intake is associated with an increased risk of advanced prostate cancer. In contrast, high EPA and DHA intakes may be associated with a decreased risk of total and advanced prostate cancer. Because the apparent adverse effect of ALA on risk of prostate cancer may counter the reduction in cardiovascular disease. It's all scientific speak, research speak, which is using lots of words to say very little. But at the end of the day, it actually says in here, in the study somewhere, they fed some men some muffins with flaxseed in them. And they found that their, their prostate... Um, the measurement of the PSI level, which is what they measure to see whether you've got prostate problems or heading towards prostate cancer, was lowered when these men were fed um, 
um, muffins containing flax seeds. So that's the only reference in this to flax seeds or flax oil. The word flax is only used in reference to these flax containing muffins, which lowered the risk for prostate problems. That's the only mention. Based on this, this woman was telling people on the radio, in newsletters, she was writing to people, and she was saying that flax oil causes prostate cancer. So then I phoned her up again. I said, how are you, my dear? I have now downloaded this and read this research in great detail. I've paid for it. And I'm scratching my head here. I am very confused because, in fact, it's saying the very opposite of what you're saying. It's saying that fish oil supplements are not as beneficial as actually eating the fish and that the, they noticed that when they gave flax seeds to these men in muffins that their prostate cancer marker or prostate problem marker, the PSI levels, was lower. So I'm just wanting to check, is this the research that you were reading? She said, I'm not sure you have the right research. I said, well, you said July 2004, and I'm sitting with the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, Volume 80, Number 1, page 2004 to 216 of July 2004. And it's not saying anything that you're saying that it's saying. Um, I said, did you actually pay for this article? Did you actually pay for it and download it? She turned around and said, I'm not prepared to discuss this and put the phone down on me. I then found out that this woman had been in partnership with a flax oil company and had ordered a lot of flax oil from them. The company told me this. And she thought she was going to sell it to everybody in the whole of South Africa and make a lot of money from it, and she didn't. It sat in her storeroom and it went off because you can only get went past its expiry date. And nobody wanted to buy anything past its expiry date. So she phoned the company and said, can you please take this back? It was a couple of thousand rand at the time. And it said it was 5,000 rand. I don't remember the exact figure, but it was some thousands of rands, but not hundreds and thousands, maybe five or ten, who knows. But that's the impression I got. It wasn't huge. And they said to her, look, if you had told us within a couple of months that you'd taken the products, that you weren't moving it and you were concerned and the expiry date hadn't reached its level yet, we would have taken it back. But we, you can't return stuff to us when you've sat with it and it's expired. She told them, I'm going to get you for this. You'll be sorry. And they were because she damaged their business a lot by telling people this, and she was very outspoken about it. So she then went out of her way to promote fish oil, and when I tried to discuss it with her, she didn't want to know anything about it. I've since spoken, read stuff on Dr. McCullough's website. I've written to him. I've put explanations in. I've put the scientific data and the research in. Not once has he returned any I, mean, I think it's I think it's it's disrespectful of the public that you have a website of any description and don't answer the emails. You should. So I keep this here in case I have an argument with somebody about fish oil and I pull this out and I say, where did you get your research from? And if they said the American Journal of Clinical Research 2004, I say, did you actually read the article? And then they start to get vague and then I know they haven't because then I go and get my book and I haul this out and I say – well, I've actually got the research, so could you tell me exactly where it is? And I give it to them, and they page through it, and then they, they can't find it, okay? Now, I call that scientific fraud. You are taking science. I think what people do is they read that little introduction there. Fatty acids inhibit uh, and 
and and uh, stimulate prostate tumor growth. Just like a little abstract statement, and they're like, "This is it. It's flax oil. They're just omega three. That's what's causing it." But omega three derivatives are found in every single animal source, as you can see. These people were eating mainly animal products. Okay, so. It seems that people in the fish oil industry have taken research and published it in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. I don't know whether they published it or they funded it. It's not easy to always find out. You have to go and research and find out who funded it. Let's see who funded this. I wasn't able to find out who funded this particular um, study. does say none of the authors had any conflict of interest in correction with connection with the study, but we don't know who funded it. Somebody's funded it. But it, it doesn't, it's not promoting fish oil. They've gone and they didn't publish it. They've gone and taken this research. They've twisted it to suit the, their product that they're selling. And I honestly think that that is scientifically fraudulent, and I think that they should be taken to court. And if I had a lot of time and money to waste, I would do that. Because it's dishonest, it's morally, it's morally um, reprehensible. reprehensible, I like that word, morally reprehensible, exactly. So what happens is the man in the street gets confused and hears this like, black oil causes prostate cancer and everybody goes and takes fish oil and doesn't question for a second how that oil is extracted from the fish. And that's what I want you to all start to do. Don't be intimidated by somebody who's just throwing big words around. I can also say acosapentaenoic acid and docosahexanoidic acid, stereodonic acid and clupidonic acid and acosatetraenoic acid. You know, it just sounds really, and I did, I had to practice it. Because when people come with us, I start throwing the words around and then they just stop talking to me because they're like, okay, she knows something. I know, I know those words. So, you know. Don't think you're stupid and everybody else is smarter than you. Ask the questions. You don't have to argue with them. You could just say, could you please give me the name of the references that you got this from? I'd be really interested because, you know, Mary Ann Shearer was, I was listening to her podcast the other night and she was saying the exact opposite. So I'd like to contact her and, and give her the research that you're talking about and, and see what she thinks about it and, and see, you know, if I can convince her that fish oil is better than flax. Now, I'll tell you now, it's going to be from your cousins, uncles, auntie, sisters, brothers, doctor, or Dr. McCola, or some nutritionist down the road, or a homeopath, or somebody who happens to be selling fish oil. The profit margin on fish oil is very, very high. You're looking at margins of between 3,000 and 6,000%, because the parts of the animals they get the oil from used to be thrown away and was given to chickens, and chicken food, and... Chicken food doesn't sell for the premium price that salmon oil sells from. And people tell me, but it was, this salmon is from the North Pole. Or it's from the pure rivers in Canada, only in mountain streams. I'm like, do you actually believe this nonsense that people are telling you? Seriously, show me the mountain streams that they've gone all the way to catch it. I'm telling you. It's most of it's just coming straight out of the sea, and they'll. But no, it's caught up there near Norway. It's a Norwegian salmon. I'm like really? And you think it's any cleaner up there? Norway's seas are just as polluted as the rest of the world. Okay. The other thing is, fish is very high in mercury from mm. heavy metals that have gone into the sea, 
and exposing ourselves to mercury is a highly toxic substance. It's toxic to our central nervous system and our brain. There's no benefit that I can see at all from taking fish oil. I can just see bad reasons to take it. Really, it's high in cholesterol. It's heated. It's processed chemical extract. Um, I've got a lovely um, um, panel, a lovely table here, which explains this. And then I want to read some research on flax oil. All right. Fish contains, fish oil contains cholesterol. Flax oil contains no cholesterol. Fish oil is heated and processed and carcinogenic. Flax is cold-pressed and protects against cancer. Fish oil contains only two derivatives. High omega-3 can make all five derivatives. Fish oil is unusually high in heavy metals like mercury. Flax oil contains no heavy metals. Fish oil contains no vitamin E needed to process omega-3s. And this is another bit of the scientific fraud that they come up with. Flax oil is very high in, naturally in vitamin E. And vitamin E helps your body to make those five derivatives, as do dark green leafy vegetables. People that sell you fish oil will tell you, we don't have the enzymes anymore. It's been bred out of us. We don't have the ability and the enzymes to convert omega-3s from plants into EPA and DHA and the derivatives. We don't. We can't do it. Now, there's a very rare disease that you can get. It's like less than 0.2% of worldwide population that have this disease where they don't have It's a genetic disease where they don't have enzymes to convert omega-3s into the derivatives we need. And if you had that disease, your brain would not develop. You would actually be mentally retarded you would basically be a vegetable. So if we didn't have the ability to convert omega-3s in our body and we didn't have the enzymes to do it, then we would all be severely brain damaged and none of us would be able to sit upright like we are tonight or speak to each other or walk or drive a car or anything else. So they're talking nonsense. They don't even think about what they say. If we don't have the enzymes, what would happen to our bodies? All they'll say, your brain won't develop. And you say to them, so how did my brain develop to this point? I've never taken fish oil. Well, I mean, I grew up taking cod liver oil in winter because I was told they put barley malt with it and cod liver oil. The barley malt was nice and sweet, and that's the only reason I ate it. It was like eating sticky toffee. And then you'd burp fish oil for hours afterwards because the fish oil was rancid. And that's how you know fish oil is rancid. You burp it for hours afterwards. You're just burping fish oil every time. You're like, that belch, 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 fish oil. If you take flax oil, you're not going to belch it. If you're taking flax oil that's in a tub tablet that's not been oxygen, nitrogen flushed at least, you've got to pump all the oxygen out of um, something that's got flax oil in it. And so the nitrogen flush, the AIM company has a process where they pump the oxygen out and they fill that capsule with nitrogen. And that stops any oxidization plus the fact that they've put in a little bit of sesame sunflower and olive oil to stabilize it. I don't know another capsulated capsule, flax oil capsule where they nitrogen flush it like that. Mm. They've gone and it's in gelatine, and some vegans are very anti that. And so I just tell them you can chew it or cut it and have it really? like that. If you're taking another version of flax oil, it's going to go rancid because the minute you open that bottle, unless you're going to use it, unless it's in a very cold room and you keep it in a cold space and you use it within three to six weeks, the flax oil is going to go rancid, okay, if it's pure flax oil. So you'll find this pure, when you take pure, pure flax and when you take 
a, a blend of oils with flax in it. And you take pure flax when you've got a serious problem like eczema and allergies and hay fever and hormonal problems and weight issues and um, arthritis and gout and pain. You take pure flax oil. And when that's gone, it's usually three to six months, sometimes 12 months, then you go on to a blend because you can overdose on omega-3s if you take too much of it. Don't think if omega-3s are good, I should take so much of it and drink a bottle a day. That's not good either. So I encourage people is to, to open this and keep it in a cold, dark place. You can see the bottles are dark. The capsules that AIM makes, they have dark capsules. They've colored it with carob. And children like to chew those capsules because they say they taste like sweets. So my grandkids call it their oil sweets, and they chew they chew the oil out of there, and then they, they chew it, and they say it's not like chewing gum, and they love to chew it. I must say I prefer to just swallow it. But honestly, I've seen the best results with Amiga with autistic children. One child started speaking, hadn't spoken, except other than to say yes or no. That was his language. He was seven years old. After two weeks on Amiga and the AIM probiotics, flora food, that child was speaking sentences like his brother who was younger than him. So you need vitamin E to process and make the derivatives and use omega-3. You can't use omega-3 without vitamin E. And if you look at the fish oil capsules, they've all added vitamin E to them. Now my question to ask is where did they get the vitamin E from and how did they extract it? Because the cheap way is to use heat and process chemicals to process it out of something. Mm. They're not going to go and use this highly processed fish oil mm. and then go and find an extra virgin, naturally produced, organic um, um, vitamin E oil to add to it. Okay, It's another processed oil they've added. And they know that you can't use the fish oil unless they add vitamin E. But you can't use it properly because it's a heated processed uh, vitamin E. Okay. Fish oil can be a, a high in vitamin A because you've got the liver oil coming from the liver, which is very high in vitamin A. Now, we can process beta-carotene very well, and with beta-carotene, we make our own vitamin A, but taking vitamin A from a liver of an animal is very toxic to most humans, and it can cause problems, including with your liver. So it is high in vitamin A fish oil, which can be toxic. It can be high in vitamin D because it's come from the liver, and that can be toxic. They're fat-soluble vitamins. Anybody who knows about vitamins and studies them knows you do not take a fat-soluble vitamin in a supplement form. That's vitamins A, vitamins E, and vitamin D. Never take it in a supplement form because you can just overdose on it so easily. Vitamin E comes in naturally in flax oil. It comes in naturally in avocados, nuts, and seeds, and olives. You have your tahini. It's got vitamin E in it. They'll tell you that it's... Um, flax oil, fish oil is good because it's got lots of vitamin D in it. We're all suffering from a deficiency of vitamin D. Didn't you know that? If you're getting omega-3s from your diet, your body's able to transport cholesterol. I spoke about that earlier on. To the cells where we need it. And when you go out into natural sun, the sun shines on your skin and converts cholesterol into vitamin D for free. Only as much as you need when you need it. That's the beauty of this, Okay. We know that high vitamin D can be toxic and has been implicated in Down syndrome. So not a smart thing to be taking a processed fish oil. And you can easily overdose on it and end up with your blood being too thin, for example, which is very dangerous because if you're in a car accident, you could bleed to death very quickly. 
You want your blood clotting factors to be perfectly balanced. The only way your body's going to do that is to have natural fats from plants and then be able to convert it when you are cut. Quickly, let's fix that. Or if there's a clot forming, quickly let's thin the blood. The body's got this natural biofeedback where the brain and the body and the cells are feeding back to each other. There's a clot forming over there. Make some EPA and DHA and the body makes it. And, oh gosh, over here, this woman's having a menstrual period over here and she's bleeding too much. Clot the blood. Natural biofeedback. The more natural plant foods you give your body, the better it's going to work. Okay? If you're taking in flax oil, your body only makes what it needs when it needs it. So that is the end of my flax oil versus fish oil. If you have any urgent questions you'd like to ask me, Any questions you'd like to ask? How much vaccine should you be taking? If you've got a problem, if you've got a problem, how much flax oil should you be taking? If you've got a problem, one to three tablespoons is what you're going to take. If you, if you, if you're, and if you're looking at how many capsules you should take, I say to people six to twelve capsules. So if, it, if it's not going quick enough for you, you can increase it, and then when it starts to go and it's gone, then you start to reduce it. So it's an interesting thing because I say to people is take flax oil at high levels when you start off and reduce it as you go along. So if you've got eczema and as it's starting to clear, you start to reduce it. If you don't, if you don't reduce the amount of omega-3s in your diet and you take too much, your body can have an opposite effect and the eczema could flare up again. So you've got to let your body tell you what it needs. And you can naturally, when you wake up in the morning, you'll actually look at the flax oil and the t or the tablets and you'll actually feel nauseous at the thought of taking it. And that's the day you don't take it. So I can have days where I take no Omega tablets. And I have days where I take six Omega tablets. But on average, I'm taking two to three a day. I'd say three capsules a day. And if I was taking, I always take just um, flax oil or a blend, whatever's standing on the kitchen counter. When I'm making a smoothie, I always put quite generously. It's probably one to two tablespoons. And that's when my grandkids are here. So there'll be five of them and two of us, that's seven people. So, because I know that the kids are always needing omega-3s and they, they're erratic with what they're doing in their diet. And I found that when mothers have omega-3s, when they are pregnant, the children are exceptionally bright, exceptionally bright. Now, you need darkening leafy vegetables to help those conversions from omega-3s to the five derivatives we need. And that's the reason I take body life and omega. And I tell everybody, those are the two things you've always got to take. Don't ever not take them. If you can't afford them, take one. Take one capsule a day, if that's all you can afford. But at least you're taking something and you're not totally deficient. Or take some flax oil and just put the flax oil in your smoothie or drizzle it on a salad. At least taking flax oil. That would be the least. But make sure you're getting green things in your diet. That's very important. And once your condition is gone, as I say, you reduce it. But I would never actually – I wouldn't stop it completely. I did an interesting thing. I – Felt I didn't want to have it anymore, and I stopped taking it. And I was just not interested. It just didn't appeal to me. I didn't want to take it anymore. I was feeling a bit uncomfortable, feeling like I was putting on weight, so I just stopped it. And once I stopped it, I started to lose some weight. So obviously I was taking too much. And then I was fine for a couple of months, and then I started getting menopausal symptoms. Hot flushes, waking up in the middle of the night, not being able to go back to sleep. My head feeling like I was losing my mind on days. Nothing bad, but just mild symptoms, menopausal. It wasn't bad symptoms. 
and I started taking various things and bee pollen and multi-maca and they helped a lot. But got to a level where it just couldn't help beyond a certain point. Now I sat there one day and it had been about three or four months that I hadn't taken any Amiga capsules. And I thought, you know, I was reading something, somebody had asked me a question and I was answering the question and something about fats. And I thought, you know, I'm probably not taking enough Omega-3s in my diet. I started taking Amiga again. I was taking three a day. Literally in 48 hours, all those symptoms were gone. Just gone. So that's how quick your response can be. It's not always like that, but very often it can be that quick. Mm. Quick, quick response. And for kids with attention problems? Kids with attention deficit, concentration problems, besides taking refined sugar out of their diet, which is absolute, child with attention deficit, 9 to 12 capsules a day or 3 tablespoons. I'd throw that stuff into their smoothie. I'd put it on any salad dressings. I'd hide it wherever I can. Just don't cook with it. You never heat flax oil because it's so it's so volatile. It changes shape too quickly, and you don't want to change the shape of the fat molecule because then your body can't use it. So never, ever heat flax oil. Don't leave a bottle on the windowsill. Don't leave your capsules on the, on the, on the windowsill, windowsill either. My battery is running low, low so... I may want to plug in my PC and the plug's not here and I'm recording this. So I am going to 